Hello and welcome back to what I'm going to call the most authentic FanRag Sports Premier League podcast <laughs> we have ever done. As for the first time, we have a man in England, in the actual country of the league. We How are, about that? <laughs> we are Sebless because he is in Sweden, which is not the country of the league. Uh, Elliot is broadcasting from somewhere in the world as he always does <laughs> hey i'm in we, chicago i've been relatively we can never pinpoint a location on him <laughs> uh, and yeah. i am sitting at my buddy's kitchen table staring directly at a big building with that says emirates stadium on it <laughs> i have been here since wednesday right outside the emirates uh since before the transfer deadline day deadline kicked in I have not seen Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at all, so <laughs> I cannot confirm any of the reports. That he doesn't he's at exist. Arsenal. He's a Gabonese ghost. Cannot confirm the reports that say he's at Arsenal yet, but uh, I, I, I will say that I do have my eyes on the stadium. Uh, and if I see him, I will be, oh, the lights just went out. That's hilarious. That's, that's um, <laughs> So uh, when, when was the last time we did a show? Like a week ago. Yeah, it's been um, a while with all the travel between you two. Boy, this is yeah. strange, though. As you said, I'm usually the one who's bouncing around everywhere, and now I've been stationary, and y'all are out gallivanting the, across the seas. The difference between my travel and your travel is I still have a reliable connection. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, not, we'll I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully when I'm in Mexico uh, in a couple weeks, it works out okay. We'll see. Maybe yeah, I'll just so. end up doing a mobile take from the Cruz Azul Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what we missed? The FA Cup. Elliot, uh Nice little weekend. Did you enjoy not having to watch Arsenal? I've never even heard of the FA Cup. I don't know what you're talking about. Arsenal definitely haven't won it more than any other team. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Well, I will tell tell you this. There are plenty of advertisements in the tube for advertising the Emirates Stadium Tour, and it says, come see our FA Cup. Oh, God. (laughs) Won it more than any other team. It it says record amount of times. Like, come see all the FA Cups we've won. Um, Very uneventful FA Cup, though. FA Cup weekend. No cup sets. Unless you count Wigan beating West Ham, even though Wigan were the favorites, and so everybody saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the FA Cup draw came out, and once again, uh, very, very poor draw. None of the big teams are playing each other. It's going to be, if you were hoping that the fifth round would be interesting, I'm going to say it probably won't be. <laughs> um, we had that, who was it? Was it Northport Town or North? Something town, county, Northport County, New, uh, Newport County, Newport held Tottenham, but held holding Tottenham. That was a good FA Cup match yeah. in terms of um, in terms of their stadium. You could actually see the houses, the row of houses, mm-hmm. like from the stadium. Um, and the floodlights were so low that every time the ball like went up in the air, like Jan Vertong couldn't see it anymore because yeah. it went higher than the lights. And he looked like he wanted to cry. I wonder how many hundreds of thousands, if not in the millions, jokes Newport supporters have made about finally making it to Wembley yeah, going in the to FA Wembley. Cup. <laughs> they're going to Wembley. <laughs> oh man, I bet people are making shirts. You got it. I mean, they're. I think they're a League Two side. They're. I, uh, I, I believe know. so. I think they're. Yeah, they are in the league, but they. There are no non-league teams still in the competition, so we're not getting the awesome competition that we had last year. Yeah. Also, I just realized, like, if the walls are thin here, like, and any of my friends' neighbors at home, they're gonna wonder, like, what the hell is this guy doing? Is this American guy doing, <laughs> screaming about the Premier League right now? Yeah. To nobody. 
<laughs> to no one in particular. No one's talking back to him. Oh, man. I went to, uh, several years ago, I went to uh, a game at the Emirates and Arsenal won with a last-second uh, goal from Thomas Vermaelen. That tells you how long ago it was. And I went out to the pub afterwards, and there was a drunk Arsenal supporter who was just over the moon. He you know, grabbed me and said, what a match! And then I r- responded enthusiastically, but in an American accent, and he looked at me like I was a giraffe speaking English. <laughs> like, I was like, you didn't think I was going to be American, did you? He's like, no, mate. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, so after the uh, Spurs game, which was the late kickoff, I didn't even know this at the time. I only found it out because my friend was texting me. Uh, Liverpool actually had a night game Saturday night, and this was... Uh, did you catch any of this? Because this was the VAR game that's going to make everybody hate VAR. You know, I did not actually, but I, I heard that it was, and, and I was, and I honestly, I didn't even read that extensively about it just because, because what you said, I just heard like rumblings about how this is why VAR is terrible. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Guys, well, there's, a, there's a way to I do mean, this the, well. The thing is, is like, is you're taking these subjective opinions and you're just watching them over and then making another subjective opinion. Yeah. You know, like, go on technology is good because that's a definitive answer. But you're taking all these different things and it's it's going to turn into, you know, I understand the spirit of VAR. You want to get the calls right. But what my friend said it best, like, this was the game that was going to come that you knew was going to come. And it's going to be all the bad things about VAR. And it's, it's going to turn into, you know, like you want to get the spirit of the rule, right? Like the spirit of replay is when the referee or the umpire blows a call. And it's so obvious that they blew it. And you could just look at it on the replay and, and overturn it and get it right. And you want to do that. What it's going to become is in baseball when the guy slides in the second base and his foot comes off the bag for half a second, and the guy holds the tag on him the entire time, and then they're like, well, you're out now. And it's like, no, you were clearly safe. Your foot popped off for a second. Or in the NFL, when it's just like, well, what is a catch? Like, I can't really see. And that's what VAR is going to turn into, and it's going to be like, did he get the ball, or is this a penalty? And, oh, it's going to be a disaster. Well, but the thing, I mean, even for all the ills that it has, I still think that for in the NFL, for example, like, it's, Video replay has problems and it's created controversy around, as you gestured towards, what is a catch to the survive the ground, blah, blah, blah. But it still makes the game better, ultimately. And I think the same can be true for English football. It's just, you know, the uh, it's in its infancy and there's a long way to go. So, yeah, I, I unfortunately will lose all of our credibility here. I unfortunately do not really know what happened in that game. I know... VAR was around. There was a penalty. Liverpool missed. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool lost. Yeah. West Brom getting a big win. That hopefully, I say that, not even sarcastically, they are one of my three teams in my relegation pool. <laughs> that hopefully they can use that win to stir up some good league form. They are not off to uh, the best start. Um, moving along in the week, once we once I landed here, as I alluded to, transfer deadline day. The big story, which, once again, I cannot confirm, but uh, Sky Sports News is confirming it, but I'm not. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang moving from Dortmund to Arsenal, which set off like a chain reaction that sent Michi Batshuayi on loan to Dortmund, and Olivier Giroud goes to Chelsea, and what do we make of any of this? Because I'm still struggling to comprehend it. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the bottom line is that Arsenal need well they also they also have issues in midfield and at the back but we'll talk more about that we talk about <laughs> they the didn't solve those problems. um 
But Arsenal needed, you know, they need more goals, right? Like, I don't know that they're going to sort out their their defensive issues before the summer transfer window. And yeah, they, they made... They made some bids, or they at least made some inquiries after Johnny Evan. I don't know. I don't know if an official bid was lodged for Evans, but um, they looked into it. But at the end, you know, Obama Yang was their number one transfer target, and he had been for some time, right? Like uh, Sven Mislintat, Ivan Gazidis, um, whoever their new dude who negotiates contracts were, very publicly and probably maybe even intentionally seen in Germany for over a week before the transfer was finalized. Uh, I mean, the, the big sticking point was Dortmund said, okay, you know, if you're, if you want a Bombayang, if you want our top goal scorer, you're going to have to pay for him. Arsenal said, well, we don't usually like to pay market price for players, but I guess we'll have to. And then they said, right. And we need a replacement. And Olivier Giroud essentially refused to go to Dortmund. And, I mean, this this is an issue that's frustrating from an Arsenal perspective because having sent Alexis Sanchez to United and now having sent Olivier Giroud to Chelsea, you know, we've strengthened two of our rivals, right? And I don't think that Arsenal have a prayer of catching United, and we're probably not going to catch Chelsea either this season in the league. But it's it's hard to see the, you know, handsome French bloke wearing wearing blue, but... But, you know, he just said that he just had the third kid and his family is very settled in London and he likes life in London, so he doesn't want to leave. And Arsenal, you know, they they like to talk a big game about how they're not like other clubs and they, you know, they have a set of core values. And although it pains me to see Giroud in blue, and I'm sure that those Chelsea supporters will take his song from the Emirates and sing it at Stamford Bridge if and when he scores his first Chelsea goal... It is if and when. Yeah, yeah. If but, and well, yeah, because when's he gonna play? Well, you I still mean, have you still have Morata. Um, and yeah, again, but Morata's been in awful form. Yeah, so is Lukaku. He's not sitting on the bench anytime soon. Yeah, well, that's fair. I but I, the I mean, my point is that Arsenal likes to talk big about how they, you know, they have certain values, and while it sucks to see Giroud go to Chelsea. You know, they here's a player who gave a lot to the club, scored some very important goals, and, you know, they did right by him and his family. Maybe that means they didn't do right by the club from a sporting perspective by selling a good, I want to say top player, but, you know, he's he's going to score more goals than Harry Kane, I'm telling you, Polly. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just weird because it, it just, it almost seems like one of those three-way trades that you see in the NBA, mm-hmm. and I'm... Um, like it just uh, it baffles my mind like how we got two of the teams to agree to this. I mean, Michi Batshuayi could fit in at Dortmund. Um, I haven't seen enough of them to play, and I haven't watched enough Dortmund this year. I could tell you that uh, that they are struggling for goals. Yeah. Um. So it, the Henrik Mkhitaryan Pierre Emerick Aubameyang combination could be a very 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 fruitful one. Well, for, I mean, I think that that's that's certainly the thinking, right? Is that one of the things that I think has made Lacazette struggle this season is that earlier in the year he was he was like making these quick darting runs behind and just nobody nobody was finding him. They weren't picking out his movements. And unfortunately he's kind of just stopped making those runs, which means he's really not being a very effective striker. And now if I'm being really sympathetic to Lacazette, yeah, that kind of sucks. 
from his perspective, but also it's a competitive game. Look, you're playing at the top level. Look, whenever you could break the bank to sign a striker in the summer and then break the bank again to sign another striker in the winter, you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, it, it is, but it's exactly as you say. That is the hope, right? That in a way that Lacazette failed to click right away at Arsenal, having a player who is a creative offensive force who knows Aubameyang's movements – uh, hopefully hopefully they can build chemistry more quickly than Lacazette's been able to establish with really any member of the Arsenal squad at this point. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Arsenal, they got they did some stuff before the transfer deadline <laughs> came, uh, oh and that was God. Tuesday night, going to Swansea, and uh, I don't want to say laying an egg because somebody else did that, and we'll get to that soon, but... My God, what happened there? I mean, they they were same as they have been all season, shambolic in defense, and you know, and the thing is that Arsenal went up one nil, and then, as the old song goes, you effed it up one nil. But even though they went ahead in this game and you know gave up an equalizer essentially instantaneously, they really didn't look like they deserved it. And I mean, Czech had a horror show for their second goal. And from that point, Arsenal never, they never really looked like they were going to get back into it. And, you know, Swansea's third was deserved, and that was the knife. I mean, you can, you can lay a lot of the blame at Czech's feet, right? Because when a game is 1 1, anything can happen. Um, and he just, he, you know, he meant to clear the ball 30 yards, and it went barely six feet and landed at the foot of a Swansea player. But overall, it's the systemic issues with Arsenal's defense. You know, they just get picked apart too easily. It happens time and again. They switch off in midfield. Xhaka gives the ball away carelessly. And it happens, we've seen it happen before. And I think unless, honestly, unless the manager changes, we're going to see it happen time and time again. It, 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 does, it does bring something up, though, when they signed Mkhitaryan and Ian Dark tweeted, you know, I just don't, can he play at the same time as Ozil? Not necessarily from a do their games matchup point of view, but from a, like, is there a spot on the field for both of them? And he said it might be that the only time they can play together is at home when, you know, you, you tend to play a little bit more open and you don't need to to bog things up. And that kind of looked like a little bit of what happened there. You know, Mkhitaryan did not start the game. He came on with, like, 35 minutes to go uh, and looked invisible almost. Yeah. Well, it's – I don't know. It's It's hard for me to say – it's hard for me to judge his like how well he's going to fit in this team from how anonymous he was because he, as I said, you know, he came into a game that looked for all the world already lost. And yeah, on the one hand, what you want a player coming off the bench to do is come in, make an impact, and change a game that seems lost. But I don't think that it's necessarily fair to say that he's just not going to fit at Arsenal at this point. But it was, I mean, it was certainly a disappointing cameo, or cameo, I should say, debut from all perspectives, considering uh, it was just such a terrible defeat. Uh, I have a feeling I know what that little chime was for, as I have a clock going <laughs> as well. We will take a quick little break, and then when we come back, we're going to discuss my awful first night in London, and we're going to turn the page and look ahead to what's in store for me tomorrow. All right, we're back. Um, so, as you know, as I sit here still staring at the Emirates Stadium, flew into London to do like a nice little quick two-four, 
uh, went to United Spurs at Wembley on Wednesday. That was the plan. Uh, and going to take a trip up to Manchester tomorrow to go to Old Trafford. Was that um, your first time at Wembley, Paulie? It was my second time at Wembley. I've done a stadium tour. Oh, uh, okay. But the first um, time, like, going up with the huge, you know, uh, with all yes, the fans walking attending up, for walking up Wembley Way. Um, I went out and and said, find me one of the guys who's selling one of those, like, Spurs versus Manchester United scarves that I'm going to spend way too much money on. Um <laughs> My friends rightfully gave me some some shtick for um, for buying one of those, and I said, "Shut up! I'm going to buy one on Saturday as well." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is that, like, if you're if you live in London, if you live in Manchester, then they probably seem kind of like a throwaway shtick. But if you're flying well, across like, an ocean to go to the game, you know, it's yeah, a nice I was keepsake. like, I'm a I'm a tourist. I'm going to do tourist shit. Like, I mean, and honestly, and, the only time I've been to Wembley was. Uh, Community Shield, which is like, yeah, eh, it's basically a friendly, but whatever, we beat Man City, and in hindsight, I wish I'd bought one of those scarves, damn it. Yeah, I was, I was right away, well, I also, like, I, I didn't bring, well, I didn't bring a scarf, but I guess I didn't bring a scarf because I knew I was gonna buy one, but it's <laughs> funny, like, they can't, like, because of licensing, they can't actually put the team, like, the actual team names on, so it says United, um, and then it just says, it says Tottenham-HA9, like, apparently they couldn't come up with a better substitute for an M then other than a nine. Like, are you not like, are you kidding? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, could have just called them spuds. Yeah. They were, just, they were certainly I, I mean, not potato. Like, said, like <laughs> you could have just said hot spurs or something or, yeah. or something or I don't know, whatever, whatever anyway. it was. Um, it was supposed to be the first time I ever got to see Manchester United play live and in person. One can argue that I still have not seen them play live and in person. I did not have to wait long to see, to see a goal scored, though, um, by any stretch of the imagination. I hope you're in your As seat even for it. <laughs> I, we were in our seat. I made sure that we, we got in and we were in our seats. We, we went, we did the full English football experience. So we got in, we, we grabbed a cider and a, and a pie, yeah. uh, and we ate those. And I made sure we were in our seats for... Um, by the time the game started, but I almost missed the goal because, you know, I was like trying to send out my Snapchat or my Instagram, one of the, <laughs> one of the two. And the next thing you know is Jan Vertonghen's huffing a long ball and no one's picking up Christian Eriksen as he runs into the box to slam it home. And that was the start of the game for Spurs and United still haven't started playing. Yeah, they, they, they looked, they looked pretty flat. Although I can, I'll tell you, he he didn't really impact the game, but certainly Alexis Sanchez, he's he is working hard in that Red Devil shirt, and maybe it's because he still hates Tottenham, maybe it's because he also hates Arsenal, but uh, all for naught. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know how much I agree with that, <laughs> um, because if you do look at his statistics, he actually had an awful game. He No, yeah, that's what I was saying. His, his industry is indefatigable his form is even for another club still pretty bad yeah it was he was he completed only one dribble i don't know what dribbles completed like how you measure that yeah i'm not really sure how that stat gets measured and what completing one entails but he only completed one and he was the most dribbled by player on the field yeah for both teams that's um Get used so to it. that was that was yeah, that was not good. Paul Pogba had a shockingly bad game. Yeah, um, very bad. The one thing I was like actually was so incredible was how calm I was every time Tottenham shot the ball. Like 
you know, I go to a lot of hockey games and I go to a lot of Ranger games where our goal, our goalie is Henrik Lundqvist. They don't really make them much better than him. And you see a team get a really good shot, like, or not even a, not even like a really amazing shot, but just any shot from a low percentage scoring area. And you're like, oh, like Lundqvist made a great save there. Like I'm watching Spurs take shots from like, that are decent shots. And I was just like, yeah, De Gea is going to save that. Yeah. What, like, did you th- what did you think about the potential handball on uh, Son? Or did, were you able to see it live, or have you even? We did seen see it, it live. Since? It looked like a handball live, and then I was able to pull it up on the app on my phone right away. So we were able to get a quick replay because they never showed it on the on the big screen. And why should they? Um, and it definitely looked like it was a handball. Uh, yeah. Or oh, oh, you're talking about the one on Son? Yeah. I'm talking about the one – yeah, the one on Sun I said was a handball right away. Then when I watched the replay, I can understand why it wasn't called, why it wasn't given. I don't know. I, th- I, I think that's a handball personally. I mean the thing – like you can say, okay, his arm's in a natural position, but still the ball comes into him, his arm comes down and hits the ball into the ground as it was headed maybe not for goal but towards goal. Like that – I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, I we're talking about how nobody knows what a catch is. Nobody knows what a handball is either, which seems like it should be the most obvious call in the game. I guess. Um, I mean, what really bothers me is we were walking to the pub before the game and we passed one of those betting shops and we were like, well, we have to bet on this game because we can. It's legal. Yeah. Um, and in the window was like Spurs to beat United two to one pays out like nine to one. And we were like, ooh, that looks yeah. like a decent value. Yep. And we bet it, so like, had United scored one goal, I would be a lot richer right now. <laughs> yeah. That so, so it was a really big bum out, like on that, on that front. I thought the Hugo Lloris when he slid out, I thought that was a bigger handball. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. That one we pulled up, we pulled up right away, and we were like, yeah, that's out of the box. Yeah, that, and that one didn't actually stick out in my mind as much, but but I think like right after that. Oh no! Right after that was the was when Phil Jones decided to kick the ball into his own net. Yeah. Um. But Valencia like took down somebody in the box that my friend was convinced was a handball. He was not letting that one go, and I was like, "You're up two 0 Shut up." Yeah. <laughs> um. While we were there, word came came buzzing through the state. Also, oh, we got to talk about the other one, Jose Mourinho going peak Mourinho subbing Fellaini on, and then like six minutes later subbing him <laughs> off for no reason. No, he got he got injured. Well, did he not? It, I, so it, that that came so okay. Let, like Fellaini didn't go down and get injured or anything. No, he came on and then about seven minutes later he was just subbed off and well, no he, one knew why. He, he and must after have, the game. He must have called. He must after have known the it game. For it. Right, I think he signaled for it. So after the game, Mourinho said he went out there and he tried to play and he couldn't play. He was hurt. He has this calf problem that's been bothering him all season. He goes, "This is the third time the same calf has been hurt." And I was like, yeah, so clearly the guy's injured. Yeah. So like, this is on <laughs> so you. Like, why did you put him in this? Why did you put him in this? Like if, if he went out there and it's, it, it wasn't like a new injury popped yeah. up. It was the same injury that he's had. Yeah. And you put him in the squad and then you put him on the field and it took minutes mm-hmm. for him to say, I can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the manager's That's fault. The manager. Like, I'm sorry. That's a good point. What it's- are you doing? It's what funny. are you doing putting him in the field? I actually, from from my perspective, my immediate thought was, because the look on his face was, he, he was upset, you know? And I was like, oh, that's that's brutal to, like, you know, re-aggravate an injury minutes coming on. But, yeah, that's on the manager to know that. I, I don't know. I he, he looked 
not not you know in tears or anything, but visibly distraught and upset as he went into the tunnel. But that's on the manager to know you're not yeah. fully fit. Yeah. But he and just Mourinho can't get enough of subbing Marilyn Fellaini onto the pitch. <laughs> Mourinho can't get enough of a lot of things. Jose Mourinho is like number one. He can't get enough Mourinho. Yeah. Um, first game all season that Marcus Rashford didn't play in. I fly all the way to London and Marcus Rashford doesn't play. <laughs> You can't make uh, that stuff true. up. While we were at the game, though, while we were watching this awfulness, uh, word spread through the stadium about Bournemouth putting yeah. a beat down. They beat Chelsea three 0 Yeah, and they—it's—it's it's funny. I was thinking about this. What happened there? What, Please it, tell us. And, Obviously, Olivier Giroud not getting anything done. <laughs> well, I don't—I th- don't even think that he was with the the team for that one yet. Um, he probably wasn't. I trust me. I, I am as. As I've stated, I don't know if I don't know if you know this, but I am literally looking at the Emirates Stadium right now, um, <laughs> yeah. and I can tell you it takes a while to get from here to Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, well, what, you know, London Transit aside, uh, they Chelsea fans might feel a little hard done by because they had two headers, um, you know, before anybody had opened the scoring go. A header from Cahill just go barely over the bar, uh, and then another one from Alonso go about six inches wide of the post. But then thereafter, you know, it's they just got beat. Like Bournemouth unlocked them beautifully for the first. They, you know, they were industrious and ruthless. And this is uh, none of us certainly picked Bournemouth to come in and run out three nil winners at Stamford Bridge, but they they deserved every bit of those three points. It's the second time they did it, though. Well, uh, not. They've played at Stanford Bridge Bridge in the Premier League three times, and they've won two of them. Yeah. You don't get a better record than that. This is like how it only took me 11 seconds to see my first Premier League goal. (laughs) Just not not the one that I wanted to see. Uh, Just just incredible. All right, so turning the page. This week, uh, Spurs, as we were just talking about, the team that – the team that got held by Newport County was definitely not the same team that showed up to Wembley Stadium on, on Wednesday. Uh, now they travel to Anfield in the pretty much the premier match of the week against a Liverpool side that I guess found their groove again, beating Huddersfield 3-0. What, like, what do we see here? I mean, I th- this one's hard to... Hard to choose for me because both teams are in good form. Liverpool have maybe the edge at Anfield, but I think Tottenham are both uh, probably a better team and in probably even a little better form. I it's it's hard. I I obviously from a personal vendetta perspective hope Spurs drop points and I think a draw is possible, but I think Liverpool I think mostly it's going to be Liverpool get a goal and Tottenham get two. Uh, I could see that. I mean, if Liverpool, well, I have a feeling Jurgen Klopp will actually attack more than Jose Mourinho did. Spurs did win the reverse fixture at Wembley. I don't remember what the score was. I'm just looking at our predictions where you and Seb both got the scores right, but didn't actually get the final score. <laughs> um, so it, it really, it comes down to like what Spurs side shows up is if you get the team, because when we walked out of the stadium on Wednesday, we were talking about it, and my, my friend was like, I mean, we were just we were brilliant tonight. We were so brilliant. And I was like, well, were you? Like, were you? Yeah. I was like, I, 
I thought you guys were good. I just, I didn't think we showed up at all. And she was like, yeah, there were times like in the first half where I was sitting there going like, do we really, do we really deserve to be two nil up? Yeah. Um, so it's real. It's what Spurs team will show up to Anfield. What and what what which Liverpool team well, will show I mean, up? Because Jurgen Klopp are, is it, like a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool. We've seen is just not it, like consistency is not their hallmark. Like they they can score four or they can lay an egg. They are really consistent at being really bad at defending set pieces. Yeah, that's true. Their only consistency is having a very poor defense. They're very, they're very, very consistent at that. Um, so, it, it, and Christian Eriksen, he can, he can put a ball in. So that that could get dicey for Liverpool. Uh, that that will be a good game. I should be home in time to actually catch it. If you know, pending plane plane delays and everything. Um, we're gonna take another quick break, and then when we come back, we will finish out this week. Uh, there's one other thing we gotta we gotta talk about up at up in Manchester, the blue side of Manchester, yeah. doing some some transfer business that really made a uh, made you go, huh? Uh, and then we'll we'll get our predictions <laughs> in for the week. All right, we're back. Um, Manchester City on deadline day, or actually a little bit before deadline day, getting a little busy signing some players. First of all, Mitch Diskerud, yeah, getting a move to Europe. Getting that coveted move, I guess he was in such good form for Matt, for NYCFC while he wasn't playing for them yeah. that Man City felt the need to sign him. Well, I mean, I think that this this one to me looks like he's just he's moving from one book to the other within the parent company, right? Like I would be that's would, exactly what it was. He's making so he was he was like a designated player at. at NYCFC, so he was making way too much money yeah. and taking up a designated player slot. So they literally just signed him to City so they could pay him less. Yeah, well, and and he's definitely going to go and free on up loan. that slot. <laughs> like, but like, so that and then the other thing that they did, and they then signed Jack Harrison from NYCFC, and then sent him on loan to Middlesbrough. And I, the first thing I saw was that they, before I even saw that they signed him. I just saw they sent him on loan to Middlesbrough, and I was like, all right, but like, I'm pretty sure that Jack Harrison was drafted, like came up through the MLS system, came up through the draft, and is completely owned by NYCFC, and I guess MLS kind of owns a stake in him, right? They own all their players, don't they? Well, yeah, yeah, God, and MLS ownership is like such so, a So I was like, first, thing. I was like, all right, Man City definitely can't just loan him to Middlesbrough. Then I found out they actually signed it, but I was like, this doesn't, this still doesn't make sense. Like, how did they just, it just seems shady to me. Yeah. Like, how do you manage to just, oh, we signed Jack Harrison. Like, that's a guy that, he was the number one pick in the MLS draft. He should have had a price tag. Not to say that, like, he should have had, like, a $25 million pound price tag, but, like, 2.5. Well, and I think that, like, the the state of I know we're we're kind of getting into MLS here, but the state of MLS is also bespoke by Kyle Laren's departure from uh, Orlando. Did you did you see about that, Paulie? No. So he he signed. At that point, now we're getting into the stuff that I just couldn't be asked to care yeah, about, <laughs> which is fair. But I mean, the thing is that he's he is a young player, right? Like he's not yet twenty three. He's been a great goal scoring force for them, and he. He essentially forced his move to Besiktas, like, and the the state of MLS is 
maybe not as shambolic as the Arsenal defense, <laughs> to make a totally odd comparison, but it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, and his transfer debacle, I think, speaks to the, the kind of state of the union for the MLS. Uh, but, you know, back, back to the... I just, I, I'm just confused. Like, I don't understand how, you know, like, that's allowed to happen. Like, I, it doesn't... I, I, like, when Everton wanted to sign Landon Donovan, MLS kind of said, no, like, you have to pay us this amount. Like, mm-hmm. shouldn't that have happened with Jack Harrison? Well, I, 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 that, yeah. that part confuses me. Yeah, I mean, and I think but, that it's... It, it, well, it's really hard to say, right? Like, ha- and, you know, maybe... Well, on the one hand, you say, well, maybe somehow these players like Harrison and Laren had a little more leverage. How do you have more leverage as a, you know, successful but still unproven on some on the highest level young star versus the name of the league? I mean, it's just the the league cares about prestige in name only insofar as they care about having, quote unquote, big name players like Landon Donovan and Josie Altidore. And exactly. they hang on to them as talismans, and they're talismans because they're shiny and well-known in America, not because they're necessarily prolific goal scorers. There was talk about Jack Harrison becoming eligible to play for the U.S. men's national team. That would have required him, like, because of the fact that he came over when he was so young, but it would have required him to play for, like, five years. He would have, like, just been eligible in time to play in, like, the 2022 World Cup. But he would have had to like live here and be playing here for five years. So that's obviously now out the door if he's going to Middlesbrough. But speaking of the U.S. men's national team, they played a nil-nil draw against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Did you watch any of this? I actually – this is this is funny. I watched some of it by accident. Because... <laughs> so how much of it did you watch? Uh, I mean I saw, I saw a fair amount, but I wasn't really paying attention. A good friend of mine just moved from Chicago to Cincinnati, and so I was – at the bar for her going away party. And then I looked over and it's like, why are all those people wearing, oh my God, the U.S. are playing friendly. <laughs> I watched about three minutes of it and that's two and a half more minutes than I should have. Yeah, it was. I, literally, it I turned was it on and I saw Juan Agadello was getting ready to come on and I just went, no, I went, I don't need to do this. I went, yeah. We're done with him. Yeah. And like the funny thing is, is, if you Google right now, if you Google Juan Agadello, Pauly Questel, you will find from like 2010, a lot of articles written by me where I was like, yo, this guy is the, he's legit. He's the real deal. He's going to be a star. We just solved our striker issue. We found the guy that could play next to Altador. <laughs> no, nah, we're done with him. And, and when he was coming on, I was like, I was like, why would I, I, why would I sit around and watch this? Yeah. But time to get to our scoring predictions for the coming week. Elliot having himself not just a week, but a streak. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, has, I think it was my best week uh, of the year so far. You, it's not your best week of the year. You had a 13-point week. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, one week, which was matched by Seb that week. But then beating everybody this week, 12 points, back-to-back double-digit weeks. Yeah. Um, I have Bro. 11 points combined in the last two weeks. It's, it's not been a banner week for me. Seb no. kind of pushed you, getting 10, but you have now overtaken him. Yeah. 167 for second place. Uh I won't mention the person that is in the lead with 180, but it's not Seb and it's not Elliot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to pull a Jose and concede yeah. you the title, but you've definitely got a commanding lead. Well, no, I, I mean, it's it's fallen down, though. It, yeah. What am I at? I'm at, uh, that's still 23 points, but yeah. <laughs> clearly, I mean, you picked up five, oh, you picked up five on me. Yeah, I mean, there's, this week, so. like, 
it is not an insurmountable gap, whereas, although I think it's funny that Pep Guardiola was quick to downplay his comments, Jose is right that it is an insurmountable gap between United yeah. and City. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull a Martin Keon and, and start uh, talking about who is in the lead. No. Apparently <laughs> apparently during the uh Yeovil Town game uh, on the BBC Martin Keon was like, I'm not I'm not someone who's who would list the medals that I've won, like an FA Cup final and a Premier League, and he, like he like listed everything that he's won. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, dude, you like that's exactly what you're uh, doing. So anyway, let's get into this. Burnley taking on Burnley hosting Manchester City. Um, let's go two 0 to City. I'm gonna get I, you know I gave him four last week. I'm not gonna go down two. I'm gonna give him three this week. Three 0 City. It's like the only game that I picked correctly. Everybody picked a lot of scores correctly. Yeah. This week, yeah, except, we had a good week cumulatively, except for me who bet United two to one. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> All right, man, United taking on Huddersfield. Hopefully, I see a goal. Although, as I said to my friend today, I'll settle for a shot. Um, <laughs> I go, I go three nil to United. Uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge you that third goal, but I do think they're going to get a couple two nil. All right, now, so the story we forgot to talk about, Leicester City, Riyad Mahrez. We'll save that for when Seb comes in, but Mahrez pretty much tried to, he handed a transfer request, which I find really odd because, one, we knew you wanted to leave, and two, why'd you do it with 48 hours left and not, like, on January 1st? Yeah. Um, Did not get the move to Manchester City, which we'll discuss next week as well, as how, I don't understand how that would make sense at all. Yeah. Hasn't shown up to training since. You can't think he's going to play. Swansea are kind of on form. Uh, yeah, but they they only win in Wales, man. <laughs> uh, I I think I think Leicester are going to be able to win this even without Riyad Mahrez pulling the strings. Uh, but they'll probably only get one one nil. You know, uh, I mean, you're just convinced. You convinced me, but I'm going to go for a result. 1-1. One, one. Um, Brighton and Hove taking on West Ham. That one. I don't, I don't yeah, have my This, is, this is the tough one. I mean, in a I want to pick West Ham, but they kind of suck. Like, yeah. I keep thinking that they're good, but they kind of suck. I mean, I think this is going to be another 1-1 one, one draw for the Gulls. Which, you know, can, all things considered... Uh, they they can't be terribly upset about just taking draws in terms of staying up at this point. West West Ham are unbeaten in at least five, so let's keep that up. What'd you say? You said one one. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go two to one to the Hammers. Why not? Um. I'm, I'm like waiting for like the next thing to come, and I forgot. It's my job to read the scores. Uh, <laughs> it's my job to read the best. Bournemouth versus Stoke. Oh. Yeah. Uh, can they? Can they ride that win? I th- I yes, they can. Two nil. Two nil to Bournemouth. Uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna we agree on the result, but I got a zag for the score if I'm gonna make up any ground. One nil Bournemouth. Bournemouth is third in the form table. Yeah. Five last five games. Third. Only Spurs and Liverpool are better, and Spurs are only better on goal differential. Mm-hmm. They're, better, they're better than City. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. City. That's 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 crazy to think. I mean, speaking of you know having a little hiccup while being the front runners, but City or City still got it. West Brom at home to Southampton. 
That's one of my teams. But uh, I'm going to give them points, but unfortunately not all of them. Uh, Nil-nil. Ah, man, you took my pick. Uh, and actually, I hit on my nil-nil pick last week for the first time all it season did. with Stoke Watford. I think it's the first time anybody hit on a nil-nil. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I think the Saints are going to get a goal. 1-0 Southampton. Everton and Arsenal. I'm going to let you pick this one first so I can gauge. Boy, it, it, this is tough, especially with Theo Walcott coming off a brace in the midweek. What a – dude – Theo Walcott got the Theo Walcott hat trick. Yeah. Uh, he scored twice and he had an injury. <laughs> oh, oh, brutal. Um, I think Arsenal are going to bounce back. There's, there's, some, there's some question as to, uh, as to whether Aubameyang is going to be able to play or not because apparently he has a fever. Yeah, he's the flu. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, Arsenal's form is so woeful, it's hard for me to give them all three points, though. Uh, God. 1-1. One, one. I'll give them all three points, 2-1. To the Arsenal. Everton are bad. I'm not buying that one win. Crap. Crystal Palace, Newcastle. 2-1, uh, Newcastle. I'm not... Oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, you spoke. <laughs> I spelled Newcastle, Crystal Palace. Or I spelled Crystal Palace, Newcastle. But I am... I am picking Crystal Palace, as I will probably like every game the rest of the season. Uh, I love, love me the, love me them. Yeah, I don't know. The Newcastle are not great, but they might get a result. One one. I actually saw Selhurst Park from the train on the way into <laughs> London, and it literally looks like a high school football stadium, <laughs> and not a, and not one of the good ones you see in Texas. The uh, uh, thigh rubber of the weekend: Liverpool, Tottenham. What do you think? We're going to get a goal fest? I hope so. Dude, this is the two top teams in the form table, too. Yeah. How often do you get that? Yeah. I I think I think we're going to this is, you know, this is the one to watch over the weekend from a neutral perspective for sure. I think Tottenham are going to run out 4-2 winners at Anfield. Woo! I was going to go 3-2, but I think I'm going to give it to Nah, Harry Kane gets his 100th. We'll go 3-2 Tottenham. Uh, Watford hosting Chelsea and Olivier Giroud. God. Chelsea bounce back. Yeah. 3-0. 3-0. They're going to bounce, but they're not going to bounce that high. 2-0, Chelsea. Well, there you have it. Uh, Seb will get his picks in at some point. Otherwise, he's looking at a 1-0 for the home team. (laughs) Everything. Everything. he, I don't know if he comes back next week, so it might just be me and you again. Yeah, well, we'll see. But, Hopefully you can at least uh, find some time out there to switch from Swedish to English and give us a little mobile take, perhaps. Hopefully he could do that, but if we're hoping for anything, it's that United score some goals tomorrow. <laughs> well, he'll be with so you I on can, that. <laughs> I, could see the, I could see them score a goal. I just got back from the store, purchased my nephew a full kit, so we're going to have a full kit wanker in the family. <laughs> Uh, And we will talk to you next week.